0: If anyone's thirsty, let him drink of the water of life freely. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But he gave his life away. Freely. Aren't you glad you don't have to earn it? I wonder if anybody but Dwayne would fall desperately short if you had to earn it. If you had to buy it. If you had to deserve it, but He offers the water of life freely. <laughs> you know, I'm. You can't. You can't participate in something like this and it not cause you to reflect a little. Uh, it, it caused me to reflect to, to a, a 16-year-old Dwayne who had surrendered his life to Christ as a teenager. And got baptized at the Mabelden Church of God. And my life changed, listen, forever. Because I was able to taste of the living water. And that's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. And so just for a little while, here's what I want to do. I, I want to I, I reflect a little bit about some of the things that we've talked about. And, and then I'm going to ask you a very, I don't know, a profound question. The first week we talked about this beatitude, this, this sermon that Jesus gave a, uh, and, and, asked, and made this statement that you're blessed if you hunger and thirst after righteousness. You're hungry and you're thirsty for righteousness and you're blessed. And, and here's what we, we talked about that day is that righteousness sounds like a real religious word, but you know what it really means? It means God's way. It means we do things God's way. And that means I live the rest of my life trying to do things God's way. How many lived long enough doing it your way? Anybody? And it, and it fell miserably short? Yes, but when we, on those times when I get it right and do, do it God's way, it just works. How many know God's way works, right? Is that what we said? And then, and then week two, we talked about the woman at the well. And Jesus made this statement to this woman who was broken, And I'm so glad that Jesus revealed himself to a broken woman who didn't deserve to be for the Son of God to reveal himself to. She wasn't, she didn't have all of her act together. She wasn't religious enough. She was uh, doing all the things that her religion said was wrong. But Jesus said, I'm I'm coming to you, and I'm revealing myself to who I'm telling you who I am. And 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 he made this incredible statement. He said, if you only knew, if you only knew who I was, if you only knew about this water that I'm going to offer you, you'd never thirst again. And can I just tell you, that's, that's my, my, my heart's cry for our culture and for our country and for our community. What I want to say is not not to beat people up about their, the way they live. I just want to say, if you only knew who he was if you only knew what this water tasted like if you only knew what jesus could do in your life in your family if you only knew and can i just say that to you this morning if you only knew what jesus and the taste of the living water so this morning we're going to spend a few minutes and, and answer this question what's in the water What's in the water? Just so you know, um, and I don't know what what kind of religious background you came from, but this water that we baptize in, um, you know, we didn't have a bishop come by and bless this water. This water, um, this water came out of a hose pipe. Yeah, this this water came out of. There's nothing magic about this water, and that's not why we do it. That's not what it's about. you know, you're not. You're not getting extra clean by being in this water. In fact, if you were back at the line, (laughs) just just throwing that out there. (laughs) What makes this special is what it represents. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. All the old is passed away. And a new life has begun. Did you hear what we said? Buried in the likeness of Christ, raised to new life. That's what this is about, and that's what's in the water. New life is in the water, y'all. And if you'll just, if you only knew, if you only knew. You know, I spent a large part of my Christianity trying to learn how to be religious. Does that resonate with anybody? And I've learned that it's not in 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 all the rules, and it's not in all that stuff. You know what it's in? It's in finding new life in the one who loved us. And, you know, when that song first came out, when Reckless Love first came out, was a, there was a lot of controversy about it because, there, you know, there were folks that would say, well, God's love isn't reckless, and it isn't. God's love is perfect. But listen, from your perspective and from mine, it doesn't make sense. Why would this, the, the, the God of the universe sacrifice his son me. That doesn't make sense. But he offers it freely. Here's this passage we're going to kind of hang out on today. It's Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22. It says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Will you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, O- over these next few minutes. God, I just pray you speak to our hearts. Uh, God, remind us, show us, reveal to us just what's in the water. And God, I pray that if there's one person in this building, one person watching us online, that, that, doesn't, that hasn't taken a drink of the living water of Christ, that hasn't been baptized not only in water, but in the love and passion of Jesus, God, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be a day uh, th- that... They place their faith and hope and trust in Christ Jesus and begun begin a brand new life. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. In order for this passage that I just read to make sense, how many know? Now, if you're new to LifePoint, here's what we don't do. What we don't do is we don't take one little passage of scripture and pull it out and try to make it say what we want it to say. That's right. uh, what we're going to do is we're going to try to read this in context. And and really, for, for Hebrews 10, 22 to make sense, we've got to start reading a lot further back. So we're going to start, um, a- a- as we go through this, answering the question, what's in the water, we're going, to, we're going to back up a little bit as we go. Is that all right? First thing that's in the water is this. Access, everybody say access, access. to the presence of God. See, if, if we backed up, 2500 years and I looked at a group of people and said how would you like access to the presence of God they would lose their minds they'd go crazy they'd scream and shout and holler you know what we do okay okay do you do you know what that means that means that when Jesus died that thing that separated man from God was forever gone and because of of the sacrifice of Christ, you and I have access to the presence of God. Here's what Hebrews 10, 19, we're backing up just a little bit. It says, therefore, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. I want you to notice a couple of things. The writer of Hebrews said, brothers and sisters, right? You see that? He said, we, and then he said, us. Who's he talking to? He's talking about the church. He's talking about those whose lives have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And what he's saying is, church, is you have access to a brand new way, an alive way, something that, and see, the writers of the New Testament were sick of the old way. Because what they had taken the law. And now what they're doing is is they made it into a religion. And it was old and dead and dying. And and the writer of Hebrews says, how about a new way? How about a living way? How about Jesus? And that's what I want to say to you today. Uh Jesus, a new and living way. (laughs) Anybody know that? Anybody know Jesus? He said, we have confidence. We have confidence. Uh, Some translations say boldness boldness to enter the most holy place now let me just paint a little picture for you the reason that word confidence and boldness is so is is so profound nobody walked in here afraid did you well, maybe, I don't know, but most of you didn't walk in here afraid. You walked in here and, you know, found your seat, went got a cup of coffee, took your seat, said hello to somebody, put an arm around it, gave somebody a hug. Listen, when the priests of the Old Testament entered into the presence of God, they did it with their knees shaking. You know why? Because one thing wrong, one thing out of order, cost them their life. But Jesus came along. The Bible says that when he gave his life, that the, the veil in the temple that separated man from God was torn in two, top to bottom. Yeah. And so that, what does that mean to me and you? It means anytime you need him, breathe his name, yeah. Jesus. Guess what? He's there. You, have, you don't have to be in this church to understand the presence of God. In your car, anybody ever found Jesus in your car? You know, anybody ever got up and just couldn't hardly get out of bed without spending some time with the Lord, right? Anybody ever got to your desk at work and that boss was just, and you're like, Jesus, I need you right now, Jesus. What'd he do? He, you have access to the presence of God. One of my favorite preacher authors from hundred, oh, decades ago, his name's Charles Spurgeon, here's what he said. For believers, the veil is not rolled up, but rent. The veil was not unhooked and carefully folded up and put away so that it might be put in its place at some future time. Oh, no. But the divine hand took it and rent it from top to bottom. It can never be hung up again. That's impossible because those who are in Christ Jesus and the great God, there will never be another separation. You have access to the presence of God. That's good news. What's in the water? Access to the presence of God. And what's in the water is an advocate. And I'm not going to ask you to to raise your hand in this because I, I have a feeling I know. But I wonder if you could point to a time in your life when you just felt alone. I wonder if you could point to a time in your life when you just felt like, I am in this struggle all by myself. And let me tell you what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to convince you that you're in isolation, that you're fighting that battle by yourself. And I need you to understand that, that you know, sometimes human help might be fleeting. Anybody ever Humanity ever let anybody down? The Bible says you've got an advocate in the person of Jesus Christ. That means... You'll never, if, you're, if your life is, is, is purchased by the blood of Christ, guess what you'll never do? You'll never not have somebody in your corner. You'll never have not somebody pleading your case. You'll never have not somebody on your side. Huh. Scholars tell us that this letter to the Hebrews was, was written to a bunch of discouraged, broken people. Maybe that's why it means so much to us today. They tell us that, that these guys had problems in their religion, they had problems in their government, they had problems in their families, they had problems financially, and maybe that's why we can read it 2,000 years later and it just makes sense. Hmm. See, but what we're going to find out, these, these Hebrew Christians, their real problem wasn't their money, and it wasn't their relationships, and it wasn't their jobs, and it wasn't their culture. And I'm going to tell you that you and I have gotten real good about blaming other people on our stuff. Yeah. Oh, let me say that backwards. Blaming our stuff on other people. Well, if, if my guy would have got elected. Come on, listen, I fuss every time I fill up that big truck. I fuss, and I'm like, you know. Five four years ago, it wasn't $4 a gallon. I do the same thing. We, we we do real good about blaming our stuff on somebody else. But I, I'm going to submit something to you today. And, you know, some people will push against this as simplistic. And they'll push against it as religious platitudes. But I'm going to tell you what's in the water is a change in our attitude. Yeah. <laughs> All of those problems weren't just problems with external forces. And I'm going to submit to you that your problems are probably not problems that somebody else is, is pushing on your lap. I've learned, and I'm, I'm not a young man. I'm not an old man. I'm not an old man. <laughs> care what my daughters-in-law say. Not an old man, but I I have I have been a little around a little bit. Most of my problems, my my problems would change when I turn up the heat on a passionate pursuit of Jesus. <laughs> he said, uh, Hebrews ten twenty two. We just read it a little while ago. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. He didn't say, hey, listen, you need to get a little more active politically, and, and then your problem's going to go away. He didn't say, hey, you need to tuck away 10% of your income in a savings account. All those things are good ideas, right? It's probably not going to change your situation. It's a good idea to, to, to be smart with your money, it's a good idea to be active politically. All those things are good ideas. But I'm going to tell you that the foundational course of your life will change when you put Jesus first, and He becomes the source of. Everything in your life ought to pass through the living water. See, these guys that got baptized this morning, everyone, I I didn't ask them, but here's what, what they come up with. Is something changed today? I'm marking a new, this is a new part of my life. And I'm going to tell you that we need to begin every day just like that. The symbolism of that water ought to be a part of every part of our life. It, we ought to draw near to God, like the Scripture says, in our marriage, right? Well, well, here's the problem. Our, well, if, if my wife would just behave and do what she needs to do. No, how, how about this? How about you chase Jesus a little harder and become a man that loves Christ and loves his wife like Christ loved the church? Here, here's what I'm telling you. Every part of your life needs to get passed through the water. The living water ought to be a filter for every relationship you have in your life. Oh, can I tell you? <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody not too long ago. And they're like, if I if I put Jesus first, am I going to be happy? I said, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus isn't necessarily concerned about your happiness. You know, what he's concerned about your joy. Because yeah. happiness happens, Right. How many have been happy at 9 o'clock in the morning, and then something happened, and by 3 o'clock you weren't happy anymore? But, but the devil can't steal your joy. Oh, I, I said that better than y'all heard it. The devil can't steal your joy. Here's, I'm gonna tell you, I wish I had learned that at in my 20s. Here's what I I, I think I really learned it as I'm standing at the head of my father's casket. And my heart was broken he was my hero my hero and lived a long life 90 years old when he died but i i was broken inside but i was able to stand at that casket listen with joy there were tears in my eyes, but joy in my heart because I knew I'd see him again. I knew that he loved me and that I loved him. We had a great relationship. Everything that I said, I said, needed to say, I said to him. Everything he needed to say to me, he said. And guess what? I get to see him again. That's joy. <laughs> Everything, every part of our life needs to get filtered through the living water. Our career. Our finances. How many of you know God's got a way for your finances? How I many you know God's got a way for you to handle your your job to to your your approach to how you live your life and how you work your job? God's got a way here. Here we go. How about your mental health? I, I don't I don't have time to spend a lot of time here, but I want you to listen to me. And, and, and I keep teasing you with it, but it's coming. I believe God's got a plan for your mental health. I believe that the enemy has stolen a lot of joy from the believers with uh, anxiety and depression and addiction and i'm going to tell you that god's got a plan for your mental health and i need to filter every part of that through the living water yeah. through your relationships i read this quote I'm, let me give this to you um, dallas willard a uh, theologian professor said it like this and it, I, I just couldn't say it any better So i'm going to quote him he said social and political revolutions have shown no tendency To transform the heart of darkness that lies deep in the breast of every human being. In other words, society and politics ain't going to fix your heart. He he went on to say, Amid a flood of techniques for self-fulfillment, there is an epidemic of depression, suicide, personal emptiness, and escapism, all combined with an inability to sustain deep and enduring personal relationships. In other words, if there, is a, if, if there was something that technolo- technology could do to fix it, it would have fixed it by now. If there was a social program that would have fixed it, it would have. But guess what? We've got all the stuff in the world at our disposal. We are the richest country on the planet. And people losing their life day after day. Suicide. People this morning, instead of getting out around the world, they're tucked in their beds with their covers pulled over their head. Depressed and anxious. So here's what he went on to say. So obviously, the problem is a spiritual one. So must be the cure. The answer is to society. The answer to our government. The answer to our education. The answer to our families. The answer to our mental health. Is Jesus and Jesus alone. And I will go to my grave saying that. So what's in the water? Number four. A confident assurance. <laughs> Hebrews ten Let's keep reading it. And with... The full assurance that faith brings. Say that with me. Full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Having our bodies washed with pure water. Every so often. Um, I, I know sometimes people think pastors and church leaders never have a, uh, a moment of doubt. But I'm going to tell you what happens to me every so, every so many years. I intentionally examine my faith because here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to stand up here and sell you a bill of goods that I hadn't bought. It, here, here's what that looks like. I, I told you that I, I used to sell cars. I, I used to run away from that, but it's been a long time ago now, so you can still love me. <laughs> but I used to sell cars and I was, I was uh, having this, this deal was done and uh, it was going to be a good deal for me. And it, was, it I was, I was very excited about it. And he's like, before before we close this deal, uh, Dwayne, let me ask you a question. And I said, what? He goes, what do you drive? I was selling new Fords at the time. He said, what do you drive? And I said, um, a Mitsubishi. <laughs> and, and no kidding, y'all. He got up and left. <laughs> and he's like, if if you don't believe in it enough to drive it, I don't believe in you enough to bu- to buy it. So I don't want to stand up here and and offer you a bill of goods. And so every so often, I have to examine my faith. And I've come up with with a list of things that I have confident assurance in. Now listen, I
1: can't
0: can't answer every question in the Bible. I've, I've read it a lot, and I've studied it a lot, but there's things about the Bible I don't know, and I don't understand. Somebody asked me, a teenager asked me one time, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? What, what, do you do, what do you do with that? What do you do? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Was it Jordan? Yeah, it was probably Jordan. So, so my confident assurance that my faith brings lands me on a couple things. Let's, let's just, and, and oh, by the way, this is what our church teaches. Because I'm not going to teach you something I don't believe in my heart. That God created everything. That everything that's been created was created by God. That God created man, that God created you and I in his own image. I don't do y'all ever look in the mirror and go, really? Are you are you sure? Not so much. That God created everybody, man and woman in his own image. That he loved the world so much that he sent his only son. Yeah, I believe that with all my heart. <laughs> and that listen, that Jesus is God's son you you do understand that that truth is under tremendous assault right now in our culture and it's not coming from outside the church guess where it's coming inside the church Jesus was a good man he was a good teacher he was a good prophet but maybe not the son of God listen if you're a church and that's what you're teaching close your doors O- open a country club. I, I'm fired up this morning because we've been baptized. I, I just, if, if we can't agree on that, then, then let's, just, yeah. let's just not. That he was virgin born, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on a cross, that he took my place for my forgiveness, and that the work of the cross is complete. Yeah. That means you can't earn your way to heaven, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you more than he loves you right now, and there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. I believe that with all my heart. I have a confident assurance that three days after his death, (laughs) he rose as God and is alive forevermore as a king and your advocate. That he is right now, listen, this this should blow our minds, don't care how many times you've heard it, that right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father talking to him about you. Can you listen? I don't know that this is how it went, but wouldn't it be cool? Just just let your imagination go by for him. Go. Hey, hey, father, you might want to watch this. Look, look, 11, 12 people getting baptized in Loganville. Watch this. Watch, watch, watch. pay attention. Can you imagine? Oh. And that he's returning very soon to receive his bride. Man, I was talking to somebody yesterday. uh, and, And I. It makes me, you know, when we first planned this church, I thought I was real edgy. Because <laughs> I, cause I untucked my shirt. You, you know, I thought that was edgy, you know, because I didn't wear a tie. And, I, and I'm learning, you know, I'm still pretty edgy. You know, I'm still pretty edgy. Um, but, but I'm learning I'm, I'm more traditional than I thought I was. Because I, 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 I believe this stuff with all my heart. And listen, the world cannot keep going like it's going. So he, people ask me, when's Jesus coming back? Maybe, maybe now. And, and we don't talk about that a whole lot. We're going talk to talk about it in the fall. We're going to have a whole series on the end times. Um, but but here, here's what I'm more concerned about. Then, then understanding when it happens, let's just be ready when it does. Right, yeah. right. oh, oh, oh listen, I'll, I'll, th- this, is, this is not my notes. this is what someone am going to throw out at you. Um, if you're ready and people you love aren't, get busy. Uh, li- listen to me, get busy. Right. Well, I'll do it tomorrow. Do it today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and the last, last little examination of my own faith that I'm going to share with you is this that I believe that the Bible is God's inspired word and it's our guide for faith and life. And oh, by the way, that's under attack today too. I told you all that to tell you this. I don't believe this because of a careful analysis. I believe this because I have a confident assurance in all that I just told you because I tasted the water of life. Because I've been immersed in the living water that is Christ Jesus. I believe what I just talked about. And so here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. If you haven't, just, just listen to Jesus saying to you, if you only knew. If you only knew. And, and lastly, this is, this is how we're going to end this. And I want you to hear my heart here. The, the last thing you find in, in, in the living water is a commitment to one another. To one another. Before I say what I'm going to say in the last few minutes of this message, I need to remind you that I love you. And and I'm glad you're here today. Whether it's your first time, whether you're here all the time. But I want you to hear this. Your, Your church experience is probably not about you. What church should be is a group of people getting together and serving one another. And we've created a culture where we come and we sit and we watch the band do their thing. We listen to the preacher do their thing and we go to Chili's. Or here's a culture we've created in 2020. We'll sit down, get our coffee, watch the preacher on television And I'm not busting your chops if you're watching online. But if you can get here, you need to get here. (laughs) I love you. You know why? Because you can't serve from your sofa. And and what this is, while I hope that you come and receive, if all you do is receive, then you're going to get fat. And I'm not talking about what they call this? Muffin top? Is that what they call that? that I ain't, ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we get we are lazy and apathetic, and we think that religion and church and this world really just revolves all around us. And I'm going to tell you that is exactly opposite of what the New Testament teaches. Right. Right. Yeah. So here's, what, here's how this passage that we've, we've been kind of hanging out on today, how's it, how it finishes. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, and let us consider. In other words, let's think about this. How we may spur one another. Everybody say one another. On toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day approaching. All the more as you see the day approaching. See, let, let me tell you what happens when we gather in this building. We gather as the body of Christ. We gather and we receive something. Anybody receive anything today? You're right, 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 right. We gather to give something. If all we do is receive and we don't give, and, and, and it can look a lot of different ways. Y'all think, oh, he's getting ready to take an offering now. No, I'm not. See, that's, I, I don't have time. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this mindset. All the church wants is my money. You, you know what the church wants from you? The church wants you to lock arms with somebody and help us win this community. Yeah. L- listen, I, I the God that I serve, listen, uses you, and you, listen, since we st- I, that's my word, we were talking about listen, yeah, that's my word. Listen, here's, here's the truth. God has blessed this church financially and, and we're able to do things because you guys are obedient and because people watching us online, we got a check from Harlem, New York last month. So I'm, I'm telling you that it, it's not about that. I want you to be faithful. I want you to be generous, but that's for you. Somebody that knows Dwayne well knows that I'm, I'm being honest. Say, yeah, amen. Amen. I, I, that's for you, because what happens is when we give something, when we give our worship, man, we ought we to give something to God every time we walk into it. And, and I, I, let, let's not come in here and go, okay, God, it's your turn to do something for me. Let's walk in here. God, God I'm I, I, I'm so desperate to love you and to give you all the honor and the glory that you deserve. I'm so desperate to empty my soul and, and offer it to you. I promise you, if you'll, if you'll come in here with the attitude to give instead of receive, you'll leave with a lot more than you came in with. We gather to encourage each other. I'm going I'm to offend our entire worship team and everybody person that teaches from this platform <laughs> the best thing that happens to you when you walk in this door will probably not be something that happens on this stage it may be something that happens in this altar it may be when somebody walks in that door and you're like I, I did everything I could, uh, could do to get in the building and somebody gives you one of them big old Travis hugs <laughs> when somebody says man I, I, I missed you when you weren't here last week And somebody says, how can I pray for you? The best thing that happens to you might be an interaction with another human being in this uh, this church that's going through the same stuff you're going through. You see what it said? Spur one uh, another on. Encourage one another. Amen. All right, Donna, come on. I want you to bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. So nobody looking around. Here's what I want to share with you. It'd be easy to look at some of the things I said today and go, He just doesn't understand my situation. He doesn't understand where I'm living. He doesn't understand what I'm walking through. It'd be easy to do that. He doesn't understand the mountain that I'm climbing. He doesn't understand the battle that I'm fighting. For some people, that Jesus thing may may work for them, but it's—he doesn't understand. Listen, I'm not going to pretend that I know exactly where you're walking. I'm not going to pretend I know exactly what you're fighting in your family, in your home. In an addiction, I'm not going to pretend that. But I don't have to. I, I genuinely believe that that 22nd that verse that we read has the key to whatever you're walking through. And it said, let us draw near to God. So I believe that everyone in this room ought to today take a step closer and draw nearer to God. But Dwayne, how do I do that? Glad you asked. Maybe, maybe there's, there's something in your life that you've left unsurrendered. Maybe it's your marriage maybe it's your career maybe it's your finances maybe it's your addiction listen maybe it's your soul there's this beautiful passage in the book of James that says when we draw close to God He draws close to us so here's what I'm going to challenge you with this morning if you just take a step just one step Regardless of where you're at in your walk with Christ. See, sometimes I talk like this and people that have been following the Lord for 40 or 50 years go, well, he's not talking to me. Absolutely, yes, I am because you're not there yet. You, you've not arrived. You've still got places to grow and, and you, you've still got things in your life that, that you need to surrender to Christ. So, I'm gonna challenge every person in this room, take a step. Ask the Lord to search your heart in these last moments of this service about what you need to surrender maybe it's a fear maybe it's maybe it's an addiction maybe it's your marriage maybe you th- maybe you think that there's no hope <laughs> as long as the living water flows freely and it does there's hope maybe you're here and you've never surrendered your life to Christ my challenge to you would be to make today the day that You surrender your life to Jesus. And it it, it looks like this as we have a closing prayer here in just a moment. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. And I want to follow you the rest of my life. I repent of my sins. In other words, I turn from my sin and ask you to forgive them. And I want to live a new and living way, by following you the rest of my life. You could pray a prayer just like that, and mean it from your heart. And you're a new creature. I believe that with everything in me. Maybe you hear you say, Dwayne, I'm a Christian, but but there's some stuff in my life that I need to draw near to God in. Listen, it, it doesn't have to be a fancy prayer. It just needs to be a sincere one. And in this moment. I challenge you to talk to the Lord. So nobody looked around. Here's all I'm, you guys know me, I'm not going to embarrass you. Dwayne, today spoke to my heart. If this is you, Dwayne, today spoke to my heart and I'd just like you to pray for me and include me in this closing prayer. I just want you to slip your hand up. Father, in Jesus' name. Wow, what a glorious day to be been in your house. And God, before we ask anything of you, we thank you for new life. We thank you for what this pool represents, that all the old has passed away and everything is brand new. We love you, Jesus. God, I, I pray for those in this room those that are watching online that would say, there's things in my life that I need to draw near to God in. There's things in my life that I need to surrender. For many, it might be a habit, it might be a sin, it might be an addiction, it might be unforgiveness, it might be anxiety, or it might it might be mental health, it might be finances, it might be a marriage, it might be another relationship, it might be their money, it might be their career. But God, ultimately we want every part of our life to pass through the living water to be filtered by the living water in other words we want to surrender our life completely to the person of Jesus Christ we want to live our lives unto the Lord we draw near thank you Jesus and here's what I want you to do listen. worship doesn't have to be loud and if you feel like God's done something in your heart today, just take a couple seconds. Just take a moment or two and just thank Him. You can whisper a thanks. You can r- raise your hands toward heaven as a sign of gratitude. You, just Would you just begin to, to thank the Lord for what He's doing in you, what He's doing in your family. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for new life. Thank you for the living water. And thank you that it flows freely. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I sense your presence in this place. I recognize that that's only possible because of the the life that Jesus gave. We can boldly approach the throne of grace. Thank you for allowing us access to your presence this morning. We love you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Hey, if God's done something in your life this morning, would you just offer him an ovation of praise? Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Those of you that are baptized this morning, I'm ask you to do something a little crazy. I want you to come up here. We got two Sharpies over here on on that stand. We want you to sign your name and the date you got baptized on our brand new pool. Come on. Hey. So I want you to sign, sign that just as a, just kind of a way for us to remember. God bless you. Have a great, great, great afternoon.